This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast. Cut off by Mata, throws it out front, Dumba scores! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. Proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL, AHL, news, notes, and much more. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala cuts to the middle. Wait, scores! Greenway in. Saved by Miska. Rebound. Erickson. They score! Jordan Greenway beats Miska. And poked away Kaprizov. In for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill. Now, here are your hosts. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyak. And Justin Buck. Hello and welcome into Sound the Foghorn. We're back. It is July 1st. That means it's draft season, which is one of the favorite seasons for myself, Brett Marshall, as well as my co-host, Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki. Guys, we had a little something come up last week, so we couldn't do a pod, but no big deal because we're back this week with probably, arguably, as a trio, our favorite show uh, of the year. So before we get into everything, just want to check in with you guys because I haven't talked to you in a bit. Uh, how you doing? Justin, we'll go to you first. I'm doing good. It was uh, kind of a tough couple weeks with a move and three sick kids, but... Uh... They're getting better now and, and getting closer to the oldest being healthy so we can skate again and just really excited to talk talk some draft stuff here. Awesome, awesome. And then we'll go next to Zeke Boyat, who is making his case to be a part of the lettuce line. Uh, talked before the show. He hasn't cut his hair in pretty much a year. Uh, he's got a fine head of hair on him right now. How you doing tonight, my friend? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Like I said, it's just nice to be uh, back, back with you guys again. Uh, about a week here i'm going to be back on the ice the first time in a year and a half so i'm looking nice. forward to that but uh yeah no doing uh, pretty well yeah i'm i'm also doing quite well uh got my first hole in one yesterday which was pretty exciting ah, yes. um, so I'm, I'm i'm in a great mood we're going to talk some draft um we have a special guest we're going to bring in here in just a minute uh, but before we get to that there is just a little bit of news we got to cover uh because this is the uh, pro Kirill kaprizov podcast our boy Kirill, a near unanimous Calder Trophy winner, 99 wow. of the 100 PHWA votes. Um, some Swedish writer who I already uh, added and uh, teased a little bit for, for voting for Jason Robertson, but no ill will against him. He went with his gut. 99 other people knew what they were doing, so that's what's important. Kirill Kaprizov, Calder Trophy winner. Your guys' thoughts. Well, I mean, I don't think there's really for me much else to say other than, you know, what we've said before. I mean, he was fantastic in pretty much every way. Uh, you know, you know, I always said start a little slow goal scoring department, but just was, you know, one of the top goal scorers in the league the past two months of the year. And just, you know, like everyone said, it's just dynamic, exciting every way. You know, personally, the most fun I've, and I'm sure most people would say the same thing, uh, Minnesota watching a player on the team. And, you know, it's just uh, it's great to see him rewarded like we, uh, you know, expected he would for basically almost in the entirety of the season. And, uh, I mean, you know, I, it's, it's great. You know, awards really to me, I, I don't I care, but not too much. Uh, it is nice to see a guy on the team, 
you know, despite all the other ones, great, you know, being a great guy, doing great things in the community, it's nice to see a guy on the team win an award for doing something great on the ice, too, for once. So, uh, like you said, just a great season and well-deserved award. Definitely. Justin. Yeah, absolutely. He he brought something to this franchise that I don't think we've ever seen. Gabrick may be the closest thing, but I think Caprice is going to be even better than that by the time all is said and done. I honestly thought Robertson would got get a few more first place votes if I was being truthful, mm-hmm. but uh, almost unanimous is pretty awesome, and, and you know something we kind of expected to see was him win the call there. But uh, yeah. That's about all I have for. Yeah. Well said. I think something maybe we didn't expect uh, with Kirill Kaprizov was a little more of a challenging contract situation than originally thought. Of course, throughout the season, we said, hey, just throw the bank at him, whatever he wants. Uh, but it, you know what? It's not what Kirill wants. It's what his agent wants uh, at this point. And uh, Kevin Weeks tried to give uh, his his player a little or his former uh, agent a little bit of help by tweeting out that there's you know contract talks have gone cold. Billy Garen quickly shot those down, but it sounds like the Wild are in a little bit of a stalemate at the moment um, with the Kaprizov camp maybe wanting something in the realm of three years, the Wild wanting something in the seven to eight. I think ultimately, as we've discussed at length on Twitter, it'll come somewhere between four and five. Do you guys still feel that's about where we're at with that situation? Yeah, I, I think that's where it's going to end up. Both sides are kind of at their high end of bargaining right now, and that's where it's going to start. And eventually they'll meet in the middle, and, and both sides will be happy with it. Yeah, I think just the key is, as uh, Mike Russo has mentioned on the radio several times in his articles recently, that uh, you know right now it seems like it's pretty much his agent that he's just you know telling him, hey, talk and get back to me. So like you said, eventually Krill's probably going to have to get involved if this gets you know close to training camp or into training camp or something like that, which obviously we, we hope it doesn't. But yeah, no, I mean... Like I said, I'm one of the crazies who would say just I'm still on the just give him whatever the hell he wants. But I know that's not smart, and that's the why people like me aren't the general manager of an NHL team. So, but yeah, no, I guess you know, I guess I you know, like most people, I panicked a little bit when I saw that tweet. I'm like, oh shit, here we go again. But yeah, no, it's I, I I'm with you guys. I'm not too overly worried about it. And as long as it's not uh, as long as it's longer than three years. Even though I would like five or four, as long as not three years or less, I'm uh, good, you know, perfectly content with that. Yeah, I so think one thing, sorry to interrupt, no, but I think good. one Go thing ahead. we've learned about having Kaprizov here is as good of a kid as he is and as, as awesome of a personality he has, it, nothing comes easy. And it hasn't mm-hmm. come easy, and it won't. But, you know, it'll be worth it in the end, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I, I ultimately think I think they'll come in at four years. I think mm-hmm. from an organizational standpoint, you look at that's when the Parisi Suter contracts get up. Um, I think the Zuccarello contract at that point has got like one year left on it. Yeah. It gets him to age, I believe, 28, which is a perfect spot to get an, you know a, a seven-year deal. Uh, whether that's from the wild at the time, we'll have the cap. Hopefully we'll have you know the guys like Boldy, like Rossi, those guys in full swing like Addison, Beckman, um, maybe players they get in this draft as well that should be a part of that team. And that, you know, if 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 Kaprizov doesn't re-sign in Minnesota in four years, in my mind, it's it's Garen's fault. It's, it, we won't be able to fault Kaprizov at that point because we failed to put a team around him. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. Dollar value is still a question mark. I'm thinking maybe somewhere around seven and a half-ish, give yeah. or take a couple hundred thousand. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel confident it'll get done. It's just it's that the timeline is what's tricky as. We know now he's currently in Siberia on a fishing trip on the Internet, so I don't expect anything to happen. Uh, in the next week or so here. Yeah. 
I will say just lastly uh, how awkward that awards show that they put together was. I didn't get Holy a chance crap. to watch it. I was I was at like ball, it's but... like like come on Patrick if you're gonna if you're gonna if, if you guys are gonna present the awards like you could look a little less excited. I mean, holy crap, he's just staring into the camera. I mean, that's kind of hockey players, but still, it was like, ooh, this is weird. It is kind of sad they had to do the wild dirty like that. Oh, here you finally won something. Here, let's have a Blackhawk present the award. Yeah. Like, and, and of all of them, it's Patrick Kane too. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, at least you couldn't have given us Kane or some or a Taze or someone, but yeah. they got to give us Kane. So just, to, you know, just take a little bit away from us, why don't you? Yep. All right. Well, that'll do it for our Capri Soft Talk. We just want to hit on it quick because it's obviously been a hot topic. But, again, we know as much as you guys. I think our opinions all line up. So we don't want to spend too much time on that because we do have Gabe Foley uh, with us from Rex Scouting. Uh, we are inviting a fellow Central Division rival fan into the into the pod tonight. But uh, we're going to value Gabe's opinion talking prospects tonight. So, Gabe, without further ado, I'll give you a chance just to introduce yourself, how you get into hockey and then uh, how you got into to scouting, and then we'll uh, we'll jump in and talk some prospects here for the twenty twenty one NHL draft. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I've been a fan for a bit, followed along, so it's exciting to finally be here. Um, like you said, I currently write for Rex Scouting. Um, I was actually a player for most of my life, and was trying my hardest to pursue the USHL myself. Um, and through that, going to camps and stuff, I really got in with the that era of USHL players. Wasn't able to do much with it myself because uh, of some gnarly injuries, but was going to watch the boys and ended up snowballing down into the scouting world now. So kind of a funny way to get into it, just watching my friends, writing articles about my friends, and then it's uh, it's turned into this. But very happy with what it's turned into and glad it's giving me opportunities to come on shows like this. Yeah, it's just crazy how stuff like that snowballs sometimes, right? I had I had a, a high school buddy um, of mine. He was a goalie. He had two really bad concussions. One of them was um, our freshman year of high school that basically took him out of hockey, and he ends up becoming our like equipment manager slash stats guy. Um, we had ended up having like I believe it was like the second ever like Twitter account for pretty much any sports team in the state for our hockey team. He ended up being like one of the first teams that fully uploaded stats to uh, Minnesota Hockey Hub for stats. And now, you know, five years later, everyone's doing that stuff. And then he ends up, because he liked that so much, goes to Duluth, knows a guy there, gets to be the equipment manager, assistant equipment manager for the Bulldogs, and then wins two national, and then gets to win a national championship and has a ring. And it's like, none of that happens if, you know, he doesn't have these terrible injuries. But, you know, it happens. It's just weird how stuff like that just snowballs into, you know, this, you know, oh, I had this dream and now it's on hold. But, turns into something else so it's really cool how life works out that way it was two concussions for me too yeah just that must be the secret that is yeah we're not must be the secret to getting into scouting and and, uh uh, equipment managing that's not as encouraging concussions i've actually had two myself uh minor ones but you're out on the upswing too then exactly exactly All right, so we're going to talk prospects today. Uh, the Wild in the 2021 NHL Draft have the 21st and 25th picks, so not maybe where we thought we'd be heading into the season. I think there was a belief that we possibly have two lottery picks, um, and now it's two picks in the top 20 and one in the in the or yes, two in the top 30. One of those uh, in the bottom five, essentially. So. Maybe not where we wanted to be, but in a draft that's going to be very divisive among scouts and 
you know, some teams like, oh, I love this draft. Other teams are like, I don't want to touch this draft with a 10-foot pole. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see where the wild fall and what, what players fall and who goes early, who who falls. But we'll talk about all of that. Before that, there does seem to be some players that maybe uh, have kind of finally emerged into kind of the top three, top five area. Um, the, the consensus seems to be Owen Power at this time. Uh, the, the, I believe like they're calling like the Tower of Power or something. He's like six foot six, Michigan kid. Uh, that seems to be like the number one that'll go to the Sabers. Um, unfortunately for him, um, where prospects go to die. Um, but Gabe, do you have do you have any dissenting opinion Owen Power being number one, or do you feel pretty comfortable with you know kind of the consensus? Are you a dissenter from the consensus? Haven't heard the nickname Tower of Power yet. I'm gonna steal that from you. That's a, that's a really good one. Um, there's you know four or five guys that could all go first overall. Kind of uh, all have the same impact, and you're really getting something different out of each of them. With power first overall, you're getting a kid who's real close to NHL ready. He appeared at the World Championship this past spring, summer with Team Canada and ended up looking like one of the best defensemen at the tournament in a tournament facing off against professional level players, which was really promising and really speaks to how close he is to a, uh, a role in an NHL organization. Now he did say that he is planning on returning to Michigan this next uh, this next season, but there's still a lot of comfort in drafting a guy like Power. But then again, you could always look somewhere else. You got Matty Beneers, Power's teammate, yeah. center out of Michigan. Beneers, same thing. You're getting a lot of comfort. You know the guy's going to be an NHLer. You know he's going to be a good one. He might not be the star of your team. But he's a guy that's really going to uh, fill you with confidence after you pick him. Um, then you get into your riskier picks. Uh, guys like Brant Clark and William Eklund. Uh, one's a defenseman, one's a forward. Those two have star potential written all over them. Um, they absolutely scream potential, but they don't have the comfort that Power and Veneers do. So, you know, it's those four all going first overall. Um, any of them would make sense. They're all going to be NHLers one day. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind about that. But um, So knowing Buffalo it, won't be any of those four players. Exactly. <laughs> knowing Buffalo, we're going to get like some seventh rounder that no one's heard of. Uh, <laughs> it, actually, it's been revealed that neither Owen Power or Matty Beneers have interviewed with Buffalo yet. That's um, insane. I, I do <laughs> believe William Eklund has. Not sure about Brant Clark. But the two guys that they're saying are on top of their board, they haven't even talked to yet. So classic Buffalo, they're going to mess something up here. They're just playing hardball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're trying to play uh, hard to get, make Owen Power one or more. All right. Gentlemen, anything to add on any of those four that, uh, that Gabe touched on? I know we've always, since basically we watched uh, Matty Beniers with Matt Boldy and uh, mm-hmm. the World Juniors last year, we've been big uh, – Matty Beneers fans hoping there'd be some miracle he'd fall out of the top top five or at the Wild would somehow end up there. But uh, cards didn't fall that way for us, so unfortunately that pipe dream uh, seems to officially be uh, seems to be gone. Yeah, no, I thought with originally how our minds were thinking how either us or Pittsburgh could fall to being a lottery pick. We really were on the Beneers train pretty hard for a little bit there, but I don't think it's happening now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not much sad for me. 
All right. Well, that so that's the top of the draft. Uh, tune in to Gabe for some more on that. You can also check in pretty much anywhere there's prospect coverage. Um, it seems to have just kind of like July 1st hit, and it seems like everyone just said, all right, draft time. And everything kind of came at once. There's a ton out there. Um, so l- let's go now to pick 21. So that's where the Wild will have their first pick of 2021. And the amount of names of guys that look interesting here is just insane in terms of guys that could fall, guys that seem like they should go in this range, maybe guys that would be a reach but might be you know might be worth taking a flyer on with two picks. Um, Zeke, let's go to you first. Who's a guy that you really like at pick 21? Um, let, let's start this way. Maybe maybe a long shot, a guy that you would maybe hope would fall there before we think guys that will be there. Let's go with a, someone you hope falls okay. first. Well, for me personally, if you're talking about a long shot that's falling, I mean, you and Brett and Justin know that last year I was, uh, in the last couple of years, I've been big on the goalie train in the first round. So obviously uh, my guy this year would be uh, Sebastian Kosa from the, you know, the WHL, uh, you know, big goalie, 6'6", 212 pounds, uh, you know, seems to be pretty talented, has been really good in the WHL last two years. You know, I've read a lot of times recently, the more that I've been reading that, you know, because of maybe the lack of higher end talent in the first half that they both might go like top 15 ish. So uh, again, like I said, he might not potentially be there, but if he's there, I think he's a, should be a guy of consideration, especially since we know that last year, uh, the wild did try to trade up uh, with the Florida Panthers to get Yaroslav Skaroff if he was there. So I think they maybe have the attitude of trying to get another high end goalie prospect in the system, which they really, we don't think that at the moment. So yeah, no, that would be the guy that if he did, you know, kind of somehow fall there that I would, uh, you know, kind of be my number one on my board. Yeah, that's a guy I had there as well. I think with when you have two picks, you can. I think mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally on board taking a goalie with one of those, and then you know taking your safer pick or taking a shot on yeah. a skater elsewhere. If you have one pick, I'm a little more hesitant. But if you have two, I'm I'm, I'm all there for it with with Kosa. Yeah. Justin, do you have anything on Kosa before we uh, hand it over to the R expert here? No, no, I'm no. All right, Gabe, what, what do you like about Sebastian Kosa? Do you think there's a chance he falls to 21? I think there's absolutely a chance he's there for you guys. And at 21 or uh, 25, is yep. that your other pick? Yep. You got to spend one on him if he's there. Um, you watch Kosa play. He's a humongous goalie, but he's so, so fast. His athleticism, his ability to move around the crease um, – his smart with his RVH, uh, just everything he does, you know that he knows what he's doing. Um, it just it oozes athletic talent um, to a point that I and a lot of scouts are starting to get on this bandwagon. Uh, finally, I've been pleading it for a few <laughs> months. But Kosa chill out on that a little bit. Really looks like the next Ben Bishop. Um, that that's his ceiling. You watch Bishop play, yeah, he's kind of clunky, but he's quick, he's athletic, and he knows how to control his body in a way that makes him so uniquely talented. Um, if Kosa hits, if he works out, he's going to be the next Ben Bishop. He's going to be that next tall, lanky goalie that can really get uh, really get stuff done in the crease. Um, so, yeah, I'm all on the Kosa hype train. Um I have him ranked right around my twenties, so Perfect. you know I think he's going to be there for you guys. And Fingers crossed, man. If he is, yeah. no, not to. I think you know Kakanen, even Hunter Jones in the Wild system, 
the Wild have promising goalies there. And I think because of that, uh, a high-risk, high-ceiling guy like Kosa is just the absolute perfect pick, yeah. Awesome. Justin, do you have uh, a long shot? Um, I'm, I think uh, I have two that I'm looking at, and I think you're going to go with one of them, so I'll go with the one that I think you're not going to go with. Sure. Uh, the guy that I think I would like to take a ball to us is Cole Sillinger out of the Sioux Falls Stampede in the USHL. Um, basically, all I have to go off of is the stuff that I read, but it sounds like he has maybe the best shot in the draft, you know, 24 goals and 31 games for Sioux Falls, and um, potent wrist potent wrist shot, NHL caliber shooter, uh, seems to relish physical contact. Just seems like a, a guy that I would like to, you know, track and watch in our system. Yeah, it's a guy you'd like to have on a on the wing of a Kirill Kaprizov for sure. Mm-hmm. Gabe, your thoughts on uh, on Sillinger? Uh, yeah, so Sillinger's a weird. Uh, first off, completely agree. He's got an NHL ready shot. Um, his confidence with the puck on his stick. He he's shown over and over again he knows how to make stuff work for himself. He doesn't need the help of anyone. Uh, he can make things happen himself. And guys like that, when you put them with a high-danger player like Kaprizov or Fiala or someone like that, and they really click, I mean, you're getting an incredible player out of that. Um, Mike Sillinger, Cole's dad, has gone on record saying that Cole's going to be the best hockey player from the family. So that's high praise from an NHL legend, uh, NHL legend because of the record he holds, but nonetheless uh, an NHL legend. So if Sillinger's there, um, that'd be such a steal. That, that'd be equivalent to Rossi at nine overall. It's yeah. just a wild level steal. And the crazy thing is um, – the more I speak to people around the USHL, the more I dive into mock drafts and stuff, it's kind of sounding like Sillinger might fall. Um, really? A lot of mock drafts around the league, and of course they're mock drafts, you know, take them with the biggest grain of salt. But a lot of them have Sillinger falling to that 17 to 21 range. Um, I can't speak to that. I know his interviews are going fairly well. I know he's been a pretty popular name among the league with draft interviews, as a lot of kids in that range are. But um, it's if he falls, I I don't know what I'd think of that man. That'd be crazy. Uh, He's an incredible, incredible scorer. He's shown playmaking prowess before. That would be a gorgeous pick. Yeah. And the, and the final long shot I have left here, uh, Justin, do you have something you wanted to add there? Did I cut you off? No, I was just going to say this is why I love having people on, on that are on the <laughs> end because I only have the notes to go off of right. what, what I read on what gets put out. And and Gabe has the insight of, of more and can put, put together a good uh, um, analysis. Yeah. All right. So the final long shot that I have here before we get into players that will likely more realistically be available is uh, Fabian Lysel. Um and this is a guy, he's 5'11", kind of plays on either wing. Everything I've, I've read about him and from the, the, the one that I've watched, he's kind of basically a human highlight reel. Um, really good speed, incredible puck skills, plays solid, a, a two-way game. Kind of the guy that, a, you know, that Billy Guerin just you know, talks up all the time. Um, he, he loves those 200-foot players. And I have him in here because he just seems to me like he's kind of like, 
you know, one, every draft class seems to have kind of that one player that's really divisive. Like some are like, yep, this guy's a surefire top five. Or, ah, this guy could fall like way down boards. And that seems to be Lysel for whatever reason. I think I've seen him like ranked as high as one on some boards. And I think I've seen him down in like the low 20s, 30s on others. So it's just, he is such a wide range of outcomes. I, I want to throw him, I, I'm personally a little bit, I, I think he'll go higher. I think he'll go top 15, but he's a guy that I think could be really fun. And I think just, He's, he's the type of player I think that Billy Guerin would love. Um, same with Judd Brackett. That's why I threw him in here as a long shot. You guys have anything to add on him? Otherwise, we'll go to Gabe again. We'll go to our expert. You know, yeah. uh, I was just going to say, I, I thought that was the guy you're going to yeah. pick, so that's perfect. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, and Lysel's another, like you said, he's a weird kid. Um, first off, he's exhausting to watch. Hey, watching him, it wears me out. I can't imagine how he feels. Um, the speed at which he plays the game, his ability to control everything and be aware of everything around him. Um, it's really impressive. At, uh, at the U18s, he was terrific um, on a Swedish team that got absolutely stomped at the tournament. Um, and I can't, I don't have it pulled up right now, but I believe Craig Button released a mock draft that had Lysel in the 20s. Um, I personally uh, am not adept with Swedish prospects to begin with, um, with all the rumors and stuff around them, but it's sounding like there's the world that has Lysel falling, for sure. Um, the experts are really pointing a finger to him and saying this might be the guy to, uh, to slip out of where he should go. I personally have Lysel at 14, and I stressed over that ranking for a month or so. I have a lot of buddies who are really high on him. Um, he's, a, he's a speedy winger. I guess he could play center too. I think he did a bit, but you know, a speedy guy that controls play. But some rumors around him, you know, something about him is keeping the, the high-end pros a bit wary. So I, I'm fascinated to see where he ends up um i don't believe he's on sweden's roster for the world junior summer showcase um i know he got cut off of one roster and that raised a lot of eyebrows so yeah another guy to really keep an eye on um you got you're stealing all the words out of my mouth (laughs) you're hitting the nail on the head he's a guy to watch he's a guy that a lot of people are saying you know be hesitant about and it's going to be fascinating to see how that ends up for him. For sure. So we'll give you a chance here. If, if we didn't steal too much of the thunder, is, is there a guy from what you from what you think that maybe, you know, that, that you're higher on than the consensus that, that maybe might fall that, you know, could be considered kind of in this long shot category that, uh, that could be a fit for the wild. There are a few guys that were fits and I reached out to, them or parties around them and it sounds like they're not going to be there for the wild um Bummer. that includes matthew coronado one of the ushl's finest scored goals at a rate that we haven't seen since the 80s um just about so Coronado's incredible but it does sound like he's going to go a bit higher than the wild would be able to get him at so justin i'm gonna feed into what you seem to want out of the prospect here, Simone Robertson is the Wilds guy, I think. Um, he's a right winger. And me personally, from the outside looking in, 
I see such a devoid of consistent talent at right wing in the wild prospect pool. Um, And Simone Robertson, second or third best shot in the draft, for sure. Um, He's not as smart as Sillinger with using his shot. Uh, He doesn't get himself into the high danger areas as much as he should. But the talent is there. And the shot is wicked. I I really think it's you know two or three um, right behind Cylinder. It's terrific, and the Wild have a track record of taking these moldable guys, taking these guys who are rough around the edges, and really smoothing them out and pushing them through the system and getting them to uh, a spot to succeed. I think we've seen that with guys like Kovanov and even Adam Beckman. Um, Adam Beckman was a guy that made me a bit wary when he was drafted and now he's looking great so if you're looking for a shooter simone robertson's the next best bet after cole sillinger and i think he fills such a hole in the wilds prospect pool so simone robertson's my guy if i had to pick any that's an excellent that's not a name ad written down so that's a guy i'll probably have to look into a little more but hey i'm i'm gonna, I'm gonna take your word because you've probably done a hundred times the research that i have uh, let, let's go next to one of my favorite parts. This is where we kind of brought up Marco Rossi last year. I'm not, I'm not one to bury the lead, so l- let's go into the next spot. Let's go into our draft crushes. So a guy that you think will be in the range the while they're picking at, um, and that you like, oh, man, like you just like I want the while to take this guy. Like this is my Marco Rossi of 2021. Um, I, I was talking to Justin a little bit about mine to start, so I'll start here. Um, as someone who's who's 5'6 himself, I love me um, some short kings like a, like Cole Caulfield. And there, there, there's a very Cole Caulfield-like player um, who seems like he could... Some are saying he's a top 15. Others are looking at him in the 40s. And that's uh, Logan Stankoven. I believe I'm saying his name right. He's 5'8". Uh, one scout described him as superhuman uh, in the offensive zone. He has an absolutely le- lethal shot. Um, Scott Wheeler thinks he's got legit top 6 upside. Um, and we've seen the Wild in the past, especially this last draft, by taking uh, both Rossi and Murat Huzadinov, guys that aren't you know these over six footers, but really good skaters, really skilled players. So I think if there's kind of that you know you know that that Cole Caulfield type who, uh, for whatever reason, GMs say up, oh, he's not over five ten, I'm dropping him down my board like fifteen spots. I think that's kind of the guy this year, and it seems like he could fall. Um, and he's a guy that whether it's at twenty one or twenty five, because I think he could potentially be at both. He's a guy I'm just absolutely enamored with. Just from what I've read, from what I've watched, just this guy that just absolutely dominates the offensive zone. Yeah, uh, Stankoven was my guy for the Wild as well. Um, Robertson or Stankoven, I think you got to go with one of them. One of them's got the shot in the right wing. But Stankoven just feels like a wild pick. That's what I'm then saying. Being, uh, he's from the WHL. The Wild love their WHL guys. Like Everything about him um, – <laughs> And man, he is just so tenacious in the offensive zone. He's so persistent. Uh, he plays all three positions. I think you could put him at right D, and he'd still find a way to score from you know the low slot. The guy does everything. Um, he's absolutely fearless. He's strong as an ox for five eight, which is incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned on uh, mentioned on another podcast not too long ago. Stankoven is a guy like you look at the wild, you see guys like Marcus Foligno. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the wild has have those guys that just throw everything, everything to the side 
and work and work and work and work and get great results because of it. Obviously, Felino blew up this year. I don't know how that happened, but uh, um, Stan Golden's that guy in this draft. Uh, 5'8", he's not getting a lot of love in the first round from what I know, but... They never God. learn. Exactly. They no, never. No one watched Cole Caulfield this in the Cup playoffs. <laughs> and it just the Wild feel like the team for him. Like I could see Stankoven on the back of a Wild alternate jersey uh, or a, a reverse retro. That's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, I could see that on the back of a reverse retro jersey more than any team in the league. He just fits, and yeah, I mean he's incredible. Uh, he's a guy that needs to be a first round talent. If he's not a first-round talent, we're going to look back in four years and be pissed about it. <laughs> for sure. All right, uh, Justin, we'll go to you next for your draft crush. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why I've been I've been high on this guy for I think since the beginning. Maybe I'm just sticking with him, but uh, Nikita Chiprikov, um, out of SKA St. Petersburg. I think he played in uh, MHL or didn't he play in all three leagues last year? MHL, VHL, KHL. Yeah, he played all yeah. over the place. Yeah, but he was the uh, fourth highest score at the uh, under-18 World Championships, maybe considered the best um, international skater uh, player in the draft, from what I've or the most skilled Russian prospect this year is what I meant to say. And it seems like the last few years we've kind of had a pattern of drafting a Russian after we haven't for a while because we, you know, we drafted who's Nadinov and we have Hovanov and Kaprizov and traded for Gordiev and just seems like we're starting to pick up more and more Russians and uh, yeah I mean I haven't seen much of his play or other than highlights but it, what I've read is he's used creativity and changing speeds and, and he's a proficient passer and um, yeah he's just for some reason caught my eye and he's a guy that uh, a lot of the Minnesota Wild fandom seem to be kind of into as well so mm-hmm. a popular fan favorite uh, Gabe anything to add uh to Justin's analysis on uh, Nikita Chibrikov. I mean, I think you guys are right to be excited, ex- uh, right to have him as a fan favorite. Um, I like he can play all all three positions mm-hmm. as well, which is such a valuable asset, um, especially in a, a guy like him. He um, he's not going to thrive in all three zones mm-hmm. like someone like Stan Coven has, mm-hmm. but like Justin, like you said, he's so creative. Um, He's knows how to control the pace of play, move it up the ice. Uh, you you look at guys like Fiala in the in the Wild system, and I I keep comparing these prospects to Wild players. I don't mean to do <laughs> yeah, that. No, that's fine. I think that helps our listeners. It's yeah, such a great sure. comparison. You guys are. I hate the Wild, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know you look at Kevin Fiala, you look at uh, you know Sturm, guys like that, guys that really have shown oh, the ability to push 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 play that's what chibrikov is um you know he, he's not going to dominate defensively or anything but if he gets some puck on his stick it's moving up the ice 100 miles per hour it's uh it's very interesting to watch especially after watching some of the guys around him you know guys like svechkov and stuff who are a lot more defensively sound and then you watch chibrikov and he's just going 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 all all game it's uh mm-hmm. it's another very exhausting style to the point that you know brett brought up fabian lysel if lysel's not there and you want a discount lysel chibrikov's your man um he's just 
you know, really has that same um, boisterous kind of speedy play to him. Yeah. So you're saying lifestyle at 21 and not Chipakov at 25? Might be the pretty team to watch. <laughs> be a great draft. No Stan Coben, but hey, I'd be all right with it. All right, Zeke, uh, hopefully you haven't stolen yours. Do you have a draft crush that we haven't touched on? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I do have a guy. Not as much as in years past, but, you know, I was I was looking through. Uh, you know, I think one of the bigger needs of the Wild system is defense. I mean, there's not too many, from what I can tell, like high-end guys that most people think on here. But I've been really interested in uh, uh, Stanislav Svozl out of the Czech Republic, who I, I know I think you had ranked fairly high. Uh, uh, you know, we, I, we don't have video feed, but Gabe just, like, celebrated yeah, in his seat there. So, uh, we'll get um, his thoughts in a second. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't look too deep into him, but, I mean, immediately caught my eye that last two years he has been playing in the top uh, Czech league, which immediately makes me think that if you're playing, you know, in a top pro men's league uh, for even a year before you drafted says something uh you know he's six oh he's not the hugest he's not the hugest guy uh you know left shot but from what i've read he seems like a good puck mover uh, you know aggressive between the blue lines and just uh you know i don't know if i guess i don't know too much whether his physicality or and all that but it just seems like a, a you know a really solid defensive guy and i think you know he's maybe not the, it doesn't have the exciting upside uh offensively or anything from defensive i can tell but just based off what the, I think the wild need in their system and what they're maybe missing, you know, they have good defensive guys, but I think they are missing a little bit more of a, just a kind of sorely, solely kind of defensive, kind of that kind of focused player. So he's a guy that I've been, uh, you know, really interested in when I've been, when I was doing my research the last few days. Hey, for a team whose three of their top four defensemen are Brodine, Spurgeon, and Suter, I don't care about flashy defensemen because yeah. those three freaking get it done and they're the least flashy defenders out mm-hmm. there. So. Gabe, yeah. we, we, we saw you celebrate a little bit when, when Zeke brought up the name, so let's have you talk a little bit on it. Disposal, is that how you said it, Zeke? Yeah. I think that's how it's, yeah. Zeke just became my favorite on this show. I'm Perfect. sorry, Justin. No, that, no, it's, <laughs> Man, so back in October, I wrote an article uh, titled, Stanislav Sfozil is a top 10 pick in the 2021 NHL draft. Um, I got a ton of hate for it back then. Um, and it's been a take that's kind of weighed me down uh, ever since, a take that a lot of people do not agree with. And actually, I ended up not agreeing with it. I ranked him 15th overall. Um, but still, Zeke, you, you hit the nail on the head with uh, Sfozil. Um, he's a reliable guy. Um, he's played in the Czech Extra Liga for the last two years was the rookie of the year last year, which um, was really impressive because I think he had something like like nine points in forty games or something like that. He did not produce offensively, um, but he's so reliable on the breakout. Um, his movement behind the net in his own zone. He really makes sure to push the puck out of his own quick. And he can skate with the puck really well. Um, and then, you know, once he's in the offensive zone, he's got great agility. He's got a great awareness of the lanes around him. And he's really able to deliver the puck into those lanes very well. Um, so, Zeke, you brought up his passing and his ability in transition like that. And that's exactly what Sfozil's game is. Um, but it starts in the defensive zone. And, that's something you don't see with a lot of young defensemen. A lot of them really try to catch play early. Sfozil 
and his experience in the Czech Extraliga really taught him to start here, start in your own end and mm -hmm. figure out how to get the puck up the ice that way. Um, he's a guy very rough around the edges. I, I will admit that. Um, he's kind of lanky. He's 6'1", 172, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was a bit uh, undervalued if he wasn't a little bit taller than that. And it can make him a little bit clunky with his skating um, and some of his decision-making stuff like that is stuff that makes you raise an eyebrow. But you look at guys in not in Minnesota, you look at guys in Carolina, um, guys like Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, those guys really know how to start play from their own end and move it up the ice. Um, they're not flashy by any means. They, uh, they're not admired by most of the league, really. They're very undervalued. But what they bring to the team, thanks to their reliability in their own end and ability to push play up the ice, um, that's exactly what Spozil has. He's, you know, like I said, not flashy, not exciting. Um, he's playing in a league that gets a lot of hate, but he's just, he's a reliable guy. I, you watch Spozil play and you think, okay, I could see him playing in the NHL one day. Um, to the point that thanks to his experience in pro hockey, I really think he could, um, be in the NHL in, you know, two years at the most, maybe a year or two in the AHL before then, but he's a very comfortable pick. Um, I, I didn't want to bring him up because the Wild do have a ton of talent at uh, left D. You got, you know, Gordiev, you got uh, Damian Hunt, uh, O'Rourke, yep. all at left D. But like, you know, Brett, like you said, uh, there's not – that's it though. Like it, that, that's where the list ends. Exactly. And Brodeen and Spurgeon and, you know, the guys that Minnesota have at left D are incredible. And I envy them every single day because of it, but they, um, they're really boisterous players. Ozil is such a reserved, calm guy mm -hmm. that won't be flashy. Won't, you know, catch the fans eye every single day. It'll get the job done, and he's uh, he's going to be a very comfortable NHLer um, if a team really gives them a shot. And I'm just I'm so happy that Zeke brought up the one prospect in this whole class that I've been screaming about since October. Uh, I mean, I love Spozil so much. I really think he's going to be a a true thing. So Zeke might have stole your thunder, but I just wanted to give you the, uh, the chance. It doesn't have to be specific that'll be available at 21. It can be you know anywhere in the in the draft. Is there just one player that you really honed in on and like this is a my guy? I don't care where he goes. I'm gonna be a fan, um, no matter where he goes. Like this is the guy I'm pumped about. Like for me last year, um, aside from um, Rossi, it was Hendricks Lapierre. I just I loved Lapierre. Like do you have a guy like that? Hendricks Lapierre, that's a great pick. Love that kid. Um... I have to go with Red Savage here. If any of you guys follow my work on Twitter, I scream about him all the time. What a name, too. Like, Redmond is his name. <laughs> That's incredible. And his dad's Brian Savage, uh, NHL veteran, uh, Montreal local legend. Um, and his, I, I'm biased because I have talked to Brian um, throughout the season about Red. So 
any NHLer that reaches out to me to chat about his kid, <laughs> I'm going to love their kid. But, um, yeah. Well, I mean, Red is a two-way guy. Um, played on the U.S. national team development program this year. And that team this year was just about the worst it's ever been defensively. That includes when Patrick Kane played for him. They were awful. <laughs> and uh, through that, you know, you watch Red play. Um, he's such a, you know, he, he does the dirty work so his pretty boy goal-scoring flashy teammates don't have to. Uh, he really carried a huge, huge load for the NTDP this year. Um, and it gave him a reliability that's really going to continue to grow uh, at the NHL level. Um, talking with scouts around me, seeing rankings, talking with uh, Red's family and stuff, um, No, I don't know where he's going to go. I really have absolutely no clue. I personally have him ranked in my first round. I think he's going to eventually emerge as a first-round talent. But it sounds like even the teams that are interviewing him don't really know where he's going to go. Um, might be the first round, might be the third round, anywhere in that range. But if I had to pick one guy, that's my draft crush, like you said. Uh, man, it's Red Savage. The name, the you know, family bloodline that he's got, and just the hard work uh, defensive play and the ability to um, turn that up the ice is terrific. Uh, he's also one of the smartest players I've ever seen. I wouldn't be able to really exemplify this without uh, showing you guys a bunch of video that, of course, I have saved on my computer. It's the greatest thing I own. But um, <laughs> you watch him play, and there's so many times he makes a pass, and you're like, no, no way he meant to do that. That, he, that was an accident. Uh, but then you talk to Red a few days later, and you say, you know, do you, do you know your teammate was there? Or were you just like, was that just blind luck? And he said, Oh no, I knew he was there. Here are the 10 steps I went through to find out that he was there. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're speaking Billy Garen's language right now. Like it's like all right, calm down a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I really think Red Savage is going to be a sure thing. Uh and you know, even if he's not, you drafted a guy named Red Savage. That's right. a draft they win. Yeah. Red right. There, there should be a team one year that just drafts so they just rank the names and just draft the best names and see what happens. Exactly. Owen Power, Red Savage, get yeah. guys like that. Right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So we got our draft crushes out of the way. We've got our long shots. Um, we did kind of lightly poll our, our listening audience just to see, you know, if, if there were names that they were interested in. Uh, Chibrikov was one that came up um, quite a bit. So we'll dive in next to kind of some of the other ones that came up. We'll start with a player who we, we talked about divisive prospects, but I mean this is the next guy we're going to talk about um, is a center, which is clearly a Wild's need. Uh, was a guy that at once was thought to maybe be the number one overall pick in this draft. Um, I believe it. I believe you say his name. It, it's spelled like Atu Ratty, but I, I believe it's pronounced Atu Ratu, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, so yeah. he's a six foot two center. Uh, once, as I said, mentioned once thought to be kind of the top prospect. He was awesome when he was fifteen and sixteen. And then I think maybe the pressure got to him, and then he kind of started to kind of tail off. Uh, missed, I believe, finished uh, Finland's um, World Juniors team this year as well. Um, but it sounds like there's a lot of people that still believe in him, a lot that still believe he's a first-round talent. 
the, the question remains just kind of where he goes. Um, but I've seen him in a lot of mock drafts, um, both at picks 21 and 25 being mocked to the wild. Fits an organizational need, so it just seems like a guy that um, could very well kind of be you know, a, a fit for the wild based on the picks they've made in the past as well. Yeah, um, oh man. he stresses me out. He really does because, um, you know, you watch him play. He's clearly got the talent to be a top five pick. But, man, he there are times where he just cannot use it. Uh, he's just physically incapable of creating chances and doing what he, he does. And it's infuriating. You know, you're watching him play, like, screaming at your TV, like, do something you I know you know what to do um and and there were times this season um he was in Finland's top league to start the year and just looked terrible so he got sent down to their U20 league and played terrifically and everyone's like oh okay he's back you know maybe he was dealing with something but he's back now and so Finland called him back up uh he was with Carpot and called him back up to the top league and for about five games, he looked like a first overall player. He truly looked incredible. In Finland's top league, which is one of the top professional leagues in the world, he was skating right at defensemen and doing a cute move and getting around them. Um, there were times where he'd be in the corner with the puck pressured by two opponents, and somehow he managed to get out of it, you know, deliver a nice pass, and get a cute little assist. Um, it was incredible, and it looked like, all right, he's back. He's a top 10, top 5 pick. Uh, no need to worry anymore. And then it just tapered off again. Um, he, he just fell off again. And again, he became such an infuriating guy. Uh, it You know, it's kind of a theoretical, um, philosophical question with him. You know, where would you draft... Patrick Laine, if you knew Patrick Laine would turn into this. That's, I agree, I'm out. Brett. I'm out. I hate Brett Laine. I hate Laine. See, Laine a- is with the tools. You know he knows what to do, but sometimes he just doesn't do it, and it's infuriating. Uh, Ratty, Ratu is the same way. Um, he, he's got the tools. It looks like maybe he'd be able to make an impact, but just the utter lack of consistency is terrifying. And so all year I was speaking with my old coworkers, my new coworkers, you know, people around the scouting world. And uh, I eventually came to the personal consensus. I put him at 26. Um, I believe in my February rankings, he wasn't even in my first round, but in my October ones forever ago, he was top 15. So he's moved around a ton. Um, and it, it's just that philosophical question. If you knew he could turn out like another Patrick Line, where would you draft him at? Uh, and I just, I even now after ranking him, after s- publishing my final rankings and being done with the class, I'm still so divided on what to actually do with him. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I know when I was kind of reading about him, it, it very much reminded me of Nino Niederreiter 
who mm-hmm. with the wild at times there was you know there were stretches where he would go on these tears and you're like oh no wonder this guy was a top five pick like mm-hmm. he scores goals he's mm-hmm. on the four check card and then you know and then all of a sudden for just eight games it's like oh, where the fuck did Nino Niederreiter go like he's just gone and like th- this is like one of N- Nino's one of my all-time favorite players he I you know I wore the same number as him and uh, not not intentionally, but um, we had the same number, and I just I love watching Nino. I love when he when his game was on. He was incredibly fun to watch. But that's just kind of like the player that was kind of in the back of my mind, just kind of reading about like when he's on, he's this good, and when he's off, he just kind of like disappears. Um, and that's something the Wild have not been short on: Niederreiter, Coyle, um, and lots of other yeah. prospects who at times just seem mm-hmm. to kind of where'd you go? So, uh, Justin or Zeke, anything to add on uh, Ratu? Well, no, I honestly didn't really write him down because mm-hmm. personally, I don't know if I want him or not. So I didn't even touch on him. <laughs> yeah, I was, I guess I'm still a little interested. I mean, after we were talking here, I guess a little less. I mean, you know, if, if it's the consistency issue that, you know, that also just kind of scares me off. Like I'm not, you know, I don't, especially, you know, you might look, okay, is there a high upside there? But I would rather, at that point, I would rather go somewhere else where you, you know, you have a little bit more of a, I guess of the higher floor where you know you actually kind of, you know what you're going to get on a day in day out. So, and I think that's probably what the, the Bill Guerin and the other guys who run the Wild are kind of more thinking of too. So yeah, no, I'm not not as huge of a fan of him as I used to be. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a tough situation. I don't I don't I don't know what I would do if 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 he's there. It's it's tough, but I think to me it ultimately just seems like he's one of those guys that he needs to go to the right system somewhere like a mm-hmm. you know like, like a Carolina or a Detroit or a Tampa like these teams that have a history of kind of taking these kind of these raw prospects who like seem like they have a lot of potential getting them in you know the right the right coaching mm-hmm. the right guidance to really develop into these stars um, as we've seen you know Tampa do with a uh, certain Braden Point who we could yeah. have had but we've we've, <laughs> uh, we've touched on that enough so uh, mm-hmm. yeah Atu Ratu a very divisive uh, prospect in the scouting community uh, and on this podcast. Uh, we have two more names here that have kind of been thrown around quite a bit. Uh, this next guy we'll talk about, I believe it's, you pronounce it Z- Xavier Borgo, um, a center six foot. Um, I believe he was mocked to the wild in Scott Wheeler's uh, mock draft sure. of the athletic. Uh, we've had Scott on the show. We're a big fan of Scott. So um, we always take pre- pretty close to heart uh, if he says, you know, what he's, what he's hearing the rumblings. So uh, Gabe, give us your your insight here on uh, Xavier Borgo. Clearly, we, we talked about organizational need being center. Um, how do, how does he fit in um, um, into your rankings, and, and where do you kind of see him project out to? Yeah, so first of all, super impressed that Wheeler has been on the show. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast, but I haven't listened to all the episodes, and looks like I have one that I need to get to absolutely ASAP. Um, I can't remember where that one – I don't remember when we did that one. Like February, I think. Yeah. February. That, that, that Sounds one's a tough right. show, honestly. <laughs> oh remember how many problems we had? Our audio issues that <laughs> night were like – my computer crashed with five minutes left in the recording. Oh, no. But luckily I was able to get everything back, but I had to like stitch together like recording from like five eight. But it worked out in the end, so we got it to work, but – um, funny you mentioned Borgo. Uh, you know, first off, it's other than Stan Coven, Robertson, um, there's a, another defenseman that I was going to say I love the Wild to pick, but that's just because, uh, you know, he's a Chicago boy. I'd love him to stay in the Midwest. Um, but Borgo was number four on my board if I'm the Minnesota Wild. And coincidentally, I personally have him ranked 21st overall. Perfect. The, the fates are aligning with yeah. Borgo. 
They're and lining up. Man, it's it's a good thing they are because he is a talented player. Um, he screams uh, th- third line center, but like a high end one. Yep. Um, I believe I've kind of gone on record. I player comparisons are messy and they're so hard. They're mm-hmm. awful, and I'm terrible at them. But you look at a guy like um, like Nick Schmaltz, um, how Nick Schmaltz really makes an impact in all three zones and kind of has the ability to take over play for himself when you really need him to. But other than that, he's just kind of the quiet, reliable, two-way guy. Um, Nick Schmaltz also, I think, is a, is a low-end 2C a high-end third-line center on any team except for Arizona. Arizona is devoid of talent, so they have a bit higher. Maybe they but, can uh, improve in the first round. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Borgo, not necessarily stylistically, but that same role is really where I see him fitting into. Um, he's another guy who's going to put up amazing advanced stats in his own zone. I already know it. Love those um, blue chart boys. Love the blue charts. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's going to be awesome in his own end. Um, I think his expected goals are also going to be great. Uh, since I brought up advanced, advanced stats, um, great shot, not afraid to use it, but it's really his defensive impact that drew me to his play. Um, it's, it would be, absolutely mind-boggling bogging blah mind-bogglingly impressive i got there you got there Um, (laughs) to see joel erickson eck and xavier borgo in a a 2c 3c uh right hand left hand combo like those two would never get scored on i don't think i don't think i think they would have zero goals against throughout entire (laughs) season it's they're both so <laughs> dynamic defensively and really you know joel erickson really took a big step forward this year um showed he can turn that into offense or go i think another guy like that another guy who's going to be dynamic defensively and eventually the offense will come to him um man that that would just like you said wheeler said it wheeler's probably the greatest in the biz so, you know, take his word first and foremost, but 21st on my board, seems like he's going to be in that area, fits the wild system, um, and just would be such a reliable name for you guys moving forward. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that Borgo bus or anything like that. Um, he's as, as sure of a sure thing as this draft has. Um, just with a bit lower of a ceiling, but mm-hmm. still, he's. I love him so much. His name's fun to say, and so you know, why not draft him? Yeah, to me, this kind of seems like the perfect guy to take in the twenties. A guy, you know, you're not. It's pretty hard to find first line talent pretty much outside the top ten. This year, it could happen just given you know the the, the, dif- the, the differences in scouting. But I think he just seems like the type of guy you know that that middle six upside, as you said, that in the low end two C, high end three C. He's got the 200-foot game that we know Bill Guerin absolutely loves. That's why he took Kuznodinov last year. It's why he, you know, gobbled up Rossi at nine. He's talked about, you know, his favorite type of center in the league is, you know, the Bergerons and the Crosbys. And mm-hmm. so I, I think to me it just it just makes sense. 
Um, so yeah, it's a guy like again like we we complain about the wild making the safe picks, but you know when you have two picks, yeah. you make one safe pick and then maybe on your other one you swing for the fences. Agreed. Anything Sorry. else to add, fellas? No, uh, I'm just uh, even more excited uh, now that Wheeler had him there. Uh, didn't know much about him other than his name, really. But uh, another hearing both Gabe and seeing Scott makes me, uh, you know, even more excited if that does happen. All right, and then the last one I have on my list, um, kind of the the listener requested uh, chat, as another guy with just a sweet name. Um, another one from the United States National Development Team. A left winger, which is where the Wild do have a surplus, um, but I always talk. I said if you have a surplus, that just means you have more trade assets, and it's Sasha past the job. Uh, playmaker, six foot, left wing, decent skater, good shooter, good in the power play. It's kind of a well-rounded uh, winger with with some top six upside. And Wheeler had him taken, had us taking him at twenty-five too. Yeah, so I believe his, his mock was Borgo and past the job. So, man, you just brought up that Borgo is a safe pick, so use the other pick to be risky. That is that. Uh, Borgo and Pastajov is the safe and the risky pick. That would be uh, terrific. Um, I follow the national team very closely. I have for years, and uh, Pastajov really fits into you know a, a role there. Um, for those who aren't incredibly familiar with the, the U.S. national team development program, plays in the USHL, but they also do a college circuit. They play internationally. Um, and the thing they focus on most, the things they focus on most are stick handling, uh, skating and speed and putting the puck into the net. And Pastajov does all three of those things just about as well as anyone on the team did. Um, he, I believe he led the team in goals, might've let him, let him in assists or, uh, in points, excuse me. Um, all in all, just had a really impactful season. Um, there are a few people who are hesitant on him because of his skating. It can kind of get clunky at times and stuff like that. Um, I personally am 32 for exactly that reason. I think his ability to really react quickly and get going uh, could improve. But, you know, Pasajav just, he put the puck in the net, and that's what matters most. And more than that, um, when Chaz Lucius returned from injury, he had a one bad foot injury. One of us. Yeah. Um, Chaz Lucius returned from injury. Lucius immediately stole the spotlight from Pastajov. Nobody was talking about Pastajov anymore. The NTDP was the Lucius show, and no one else mattered. And with a lot of high-end goal scorers and stars like that, that sucks. And they really struggle when the spotlight's stolen from them. Um, Pastajov was not that way. He clicked immediately with Lucius. And instead of being the um, the amazing high-end goal scorer for the program, Pastajov immediately became the best playmaker they had. Um, and that really, you know, it gave me a lot of comfort with his, with his play. Uh, I watched him score goals all year. And then he finally turned it around and was able to fit into an entirely different role. And it speaks to his his skill and his ability to work with his teammates really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that one little fact alone is enough for 
me to totally get behind him at 25. Um, he's shown the ability to score goals. He's shown the ability to really push his teammates up and really encourage their, uh, their skills and make them look good. And so there's some risk there. Um, his skating could use some work, his foot first steps in his stride and really reaching his top speed. Um, but at the same time, he, you know, you, you can't deny points at mm -hmm. some point. You yeah. really just have to say, all right, all right, he's good. You know, I forget it. Um, and Pasajab's that guy. He's the guy that puts the puck in the net no matter how he has to do it. I also read that he's a guy that could uh, run the power play too. Which God knows we could use some help with that. Yes. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. Throw in Pasajab, Baldine, Kaprizov, and Addison or something on a power play unit. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right, so we have time to maybe talk about maybe two more prospects here. So Zeke or Justin, okay. is there like mm -hmm. one guy that we haven't touched on that you really want to hit on here uh, before we hand it over to Gabe to maybe talk about our last player here? Well, I don't know. For me, I'm going to go just kind of the one guy I kind of been thought of. Uh, go defenseman, uh, another Minnesota kid, uh, uh, Jack Pert from Grand Rapids. Uh, was Mr. Hockey, obviously, in Minnesota. I've just kind of seen, you know, I, I don't know too much about him from what I've, you know, uh, from a lot of rankings, I've seen him kind of second round, you know, that 30, 45 range. And I've even seen some, you know, get into that late kind of 26 to 32 in the first round. And, you know, from what I read, it's kind of a, you know, I mean, I got it right here. Kind of, they, they described him uh, like in the elite prospects guide as like a kind of a modern two-way defenseman, and I've seen kind of that. He's a good skater, you know, calm game, uh, can move well. Uh, but you know, obviously, you know, he was good in high school this year, uh, and it was also good in his stint in the USHL after. So he's just kind of a guy that uh, maybe a little bit of bias there for the hometown, but uh, just otherwise is just kind of interested in him as a potential, you know, kind of early second round, late first round guy. We always like our, our Minnesota boys. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. funny you mention that, too, because uh, there are a handful of Minnesota guys in that range, that kind of late first into the second round range. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't have the biggest connections with the Fargo force, so I can't say anything with absolute certainty. But it really does seem like Pert is the guy out of that pool that the wild and the NHL as a whole like the most. Um, mm -hmm. He's so aggressive with his play and he started in the USHL this season, showed a ton of aggression, scored a lot of points, but kind of got flustered if his aggression didn't mm -hmm. pay off. So he went to, he went to Grand Rapids high, played 18 games for him, scored 35 points because, you know, he dominated, it was incredible. And then he came back to the the USHL with he looked so much um, so much more poised with his aggression and his ability to attack, and so yeah, hurt another very very attractive pick. Um, he's a guy that has shown the ability to develop quickly. Um, I have him outside of my first round. I have him at thirty four, but he's another guy you know. The the range of twenty to forty, mm -hmm. are all pretty much interchangeable. Right. Mm -hmm. As we saw it happened last year too. Right. A lot of yeah, pretty much once you like twenty to twenty five, it's like all right, now the board opens up to like thirty players again. 
yeah, with the Blues drafting Jake Neighbors, which I resent to this day. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes me so sad that you mentioned that. But uh, yeah, Jack Pert, such an aggressive defenseman, um, knows how to score goals. He had seven goals in nine playoff games this year. Uh, obviously, dominated high school. So, and he's a guy that um, I can't speak to the Wilds' radar too much. Um, mm-hmm. They're just not a team that I have good connections with. Uh, unfortunately, although it might be deliberate because I don't want to talk to them, it, it frustrates me how successful the Wild are at everything they do. But um, I, I really think Pert's on their radar for sure, uh, especially out of the crop of kind of questionable offensive defensemen in that range. Um, it, it sounds like Pert's one of the leading man there. Justin, maybe one final player for you, and then we'll go to Gabe, and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap up the show. Um, I'm gonna go with another guy that might be in your uh, wheelhouse, being the USHL uh, teammate of Coronado, the Mackie Samoskovic. Um, he's kind of caught my eye um, from what I've read. He's described as basically an offensive buzzsaw, um, puts together some highlight reel plays, uh, manages his space exceptionally well, and is constantly uh, trying to scan for his teammates. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, sorry, it's starting to get dark in here. I need to turn the light on, but uh, he basically has, has a knack of uh, finding the soft ice and, and um, you know, great puck skills. So, crafty playmaker. And uh, yeah, that's about all I can say about what I've run down on his notes, but he's one guy that's kind of caught my eye, too. Yeah, and he's a guy that's getting a lot of attention right around where the wild pick. Um, sorry if I cut anyone off. I no, you're good. No, no, you're good. Um, Sam Laskevich, first off, the brother of Madison and Melissa Sam Laskevich. I believe he's twins with Madison. They're both awesome players as well. And it's really cool to see hockey families like that um, really dominating. I believe they both played college. I don't know if they played in the NW. Um, yeah, Madison played it at Quinnipiac. But um, they're both awesome. And now Mackie uh, Samuskevich is doing great as well. Um, like I said earlier, Matthew Coronado, Math- Mackie's teammate, uh, Matthew Coronado, scored goals at a rate that we haven't seen since I believe 1994 is the exact date. Um, that is very impressive. And it all came from Mackie taking a step back and playing a lesser role and using his abilities to push Coronado forward. Um, you watch Mackie play, first off, might have the best hands in this class. Uh, quite frankly, he's terrific with his stick handling, especially in tight along the boards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Plays those areas really, really well. And Justin, like you said, always scanning, um, very aware, and great stick handling gets him into a position to deliver high danger chances. Um, but, you know, like I said, Sam Skevich really took a, a lesser role and became mm-hmm. a playmaker, became the setup man for uh, Matthew Coronado this year. I don't think that's his role at all. And so if you take Sam Skevich, which totally justifiable, great skater, great stick handler, uh, knows how to play, Quite frankly, he's, he's a great playmaker. Um, he's going to University of Michigan next year. I think he's really going to take a step up 
with Michigan. It's awesome. Um, it's so exciting to think of the potential that he has. Uh, Matty Beneers said he wants to go back to Michigan next year because of the crop of talent that's coming in. Yeah, hard well, to blame him. Oh, yeah, Mackie Samuelskevich <laughs> is one of the headlining talents, along with uh, Luke Hughes is coming in as well. So oh, power. Wow. Yeah, Samuelskevich and Hughes both coming in next year. Um, and I think we're really going to see Samuelskevich emerge as uh, so much more than just the setup man for a goal scorer. Yeah. He's just so talented. It's great. Um, so I love that you brought up that name, that he's a fun, fun player and uh, just so talented. A lot of real I good read, names in this draft. Yeah, there is. I, I read somewhere, I don't remember who it was, maybe it was Coach or someone with the organization, but I thought I, I read that uh, Semaskovich is maybe the most skilled player on that team. Yeah. Steel team. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I would not disagree with that at all. All right, well, Gabe, we'll wrap up here. If, if Is there maybe one or two players we didn't talk to? I think you mentioned earlier you had a defenseman kind of penciled into the wild spot potentially. Um, maybe hit on him and then maybe one more guy you think might look good at either 21 or 25. Yeah, so I'll hit uh, two real quick. First one, Sean Barons, left defenseman from the National Team Development Program. Have to mention him because he's not getting any love elsewhere. Um, <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of him. Um the way he played so first off he's getting a lot of uh a lot of grief for his scoring this year but as i mentioned this program looked about as bad as def uh, about as bad defensively as i've ever seen him um and savage was the safety net on offense barons was a safety net on defense um he paired up with guys like luke hughes aiden hershuck roman schmidt these guys that really struggled defensively and Barron's on his offhand, he's a lefty, but he played right D on his offhand was able to carry the lines. Um, the way he carries the puck, the way he scans for plays. I do not make this comparison lightly um, because it is such a grand, bold comparison. Um, and I, I don't think he will become this player, but the way he does those things, incredibly reminiscent of how Adam Fox looked when Adam Fox was this age. <laughs> so my ears. if you're taking a left defenseman and you want a risky, risky pick, Sean Barron's has the speed and the transition ability to turn into maybe, potentially, maybe another Adam Fox. Uh, we'll see. Um, I mean, even if you get an Adam Fox light at 25 or 21, oh, I'll, I'll take Second line, Adam Fox. Yeah. Um, and then, man, another pick. Uh, this is tough. There, it, like I said, it's all a hodgepodge. It really that. is. That, that's what I ran into. I'm like, mm -hmm. there's, like, I still have like, let's see, one, two, three, four. I was gonna say, Barons I have like was five on my or, list. I have like five or six. We haven't even touched on. So. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. I, I had Barons on my list, and I had, uh, I think him and Zellweger were the two on my list that that we didn't touch, like defensive wise, but. Uh, I'm glad you brought him up because he's kind of been one, probably the defenseman at that spot that I was been looking at the most. I I was gonna bring up Zellweger, but I'll go with Ayrton Martino, another USHL guy. I played for the Omaha Lancers. Um, didn't have any particular qualities that made you sit back and think, "Oh my goodness, look at look at his shot or look at his skating or something." But he was 
exhaustive every single shift um just absolutely attacking defensemen uh so much energy in his play so much persistency and he's speedy enough that he was able to cause turnovers and then win the puck and get it through the d for a breakaway consist like weirdly consistently um he scored a ton in the ushl because of it led or ranked second in rookie scoring behind cole sillinger uh, another Canadian coming down and dominating the USHL, which uh, I, as a USHL stan, hate to see. <laughs> Get the Canadians out of here. It was a heck but, of a year for the USHL this year. They had a lot of really good is. players. And yeah. Martino is a, such an exhaustive player. If you want, if you're looking for a workhorse in this draft with that 25 overall pick, go Martino. He's never going to stop working. Um, just so much energy in that kid. Yeah. All right. Well, there's, you know, we, we just scratched the surface. I don't even know how many we, we touched on in the end, but I mean, there's so many more players as, we, as we've talked about. I mean, once you hit kind of that, most drafts pretty much, you know, the, the top 10 are usually pretty safe. And there's kind of a stretch from about 10 to 20 that seems kind of safe. And then after that, it's just, a, it's a can of worms for the next 30 to 40 picks. So we tried to take some guesses. I know we surveyed mock drafts. Gabe's done you know, his, his own scouting at length. So feel free to check out some of his work, check out his ranking to check other players. Um, but we, we talked about a ton. Um, and of course, you know, once the draft happens, uh, that I believe the draft is on, I'm like, is it on a, is it a Thursday, Friday again this year? I, I believe. So, so we'll, the we'll, second day is my birthday. So I should know this. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's right in there somewhere. So I think it's the 23rd, 24th. Yeah. And I like believe, we're, I believe we have our podcast set. I think uh, the recap should have happened. I believe like the 27th or 28th. So whoever mm-hmm. it ends up being, whoever those two players may be, maybe they trade up, maybe they trade back. Um, who knows? Maybe they sneak in another pick with a trade before the draft, whatever happens, we'll cover uh, who that is. Um, but it, to recap, some of the guys that we liked here just kind of going down. I'll go down what I have, and then you guys just can bring up the players you brought up again because I uh, was stupid and didn't write them all down. Um, but uh, the long shots we talked about were uh, Fabian Lysel, uh, Sebastian Kosa, and then uh, who was the other one that we had mentioned? There were two more. Uh, mm, let me see. I don't even know. See? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you guys know what we talked about. And then no, we talked yeah. about Logan Stankovin. Uh, Sasha Pastajov, Xavier Borgo, uh, Atu Ratu. We talked about Nikita Chibrikov. Uh, we talked about uh, Svozil, who is Gabe's mega crush. I uh, think just some of the other guys that you brought up, if you want to just remind everyone, some of the other guys we talked about. Uh, Mackie, Sam, uh, uh, Sam, Sam, gosh, I can't, I'm struggling. Sam Oskovich. <laughs> I don't even know if I said it right still, but... <laughs> there are a lot of consonants in that. Yeah, yeah there are. <laughs> <laughs> he brought up Sam Barons, and uh, I don't know if you said Cole Sillinger, but Sillinger, yep. Mm-hmm. That was our other. Yeah, our that was the other, other long shot that we had. Yeah, um, yeah. Hoping for Cole. Yeah. Hoping yeah. for Cole. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Gabe. Since you're a Blues fan, I know this is a wild podcast, but who do you want to see the Blues take? Ooh, I want to see them take. Um, Cole Sillinger, if he falls, there's rumors they will. Um, Logan Stankovin. Uh, the only issue is, I haven't said this on a podcast yet, so the listeners that are still here are getting a little bit of juice, but 
I've heard from about 15 different people. I've, I'm asking everybody this because it's something that breaks my tiny little heart. Um, apparently the St. Louis Blues number one priority in this draft is size. No, uh, no. It's like the Blues are really diving headfirst into Craig Berube's, um, Craig so you, Berube's So you can kiss Stankovan goodbye. I can kiss Stankovan <laughs> goodbye. It sounds like no one under six foot, oh, um, which is just soul crushing. Um, so there's a little a little dirt for those still listening. The Blues. Where, where is their pick again? I don't even know the order. It's 17 overall. 17, okay. And if you guys ask me, hey, Gabe, who's the guy with size that you would take at 17 overall? I have no clue. They're all <laughs> under six foot. Right, they're, they're, all, they're all like at six foot. They're, they're going to take Ratty because he's six, or Ratu because he's six. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Everyone else is smaller than that. Yeah, so. the guys I have, let's see, 5'11", 6 foot, 6 foot, 6 foot, 6 two, 6 foot, 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, and 6 one. It's the 6'2 guy. Uh, that's Ratu. <laughs> that's Ratu. That's the big question, Mark. That's who the Blues are going to end up with. And then the only one that had over six foot was uh, Bull Duke. So, yeah, that's I've heard that from person after person. Uh, and they tell mm. them, you know, how much they're crushing my soul by telling me that. <laughs> um, but the Blues aren't going to have a good draft. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Maybe I'll dig into the Wilds picks just to feel something <laughs> yeah well we welcome you with open arms <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you need to even if you need to come vent if you want to shit on the blues a little bit i don't think our listeners Perfect. would complain I might so. have to. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the best platform for it all right so we've we're pretty much ready at our time here uh so coming up uh next week will be part one of our two-part expansion draft show so next week i believe we're we think we're starting with the yeah. eastern conference uh so we'll go through and try to take our best guesses as to one, who will be available, and two, uh, if we're the GM who we take, we'll each be drafting our own team. We'll discuss the picks. Uh, so the Eastern Conference next week, we'll follow the next week with the Western Conference. Uh, the following Thursday, I believe, is the draft, uh, with the expansion draft, I think, a day or two before. So we'll, uh, I'm out of town that those specific days, and then I'll be back Sunday, and we'll either do the recap show either Sunday or uh, Monday, and then following that, uh, on either Thursday or Friday, we will talk uh, free agency because that'll have kicked up. So we'll talk about whether the Wild have made acquisitions at that time or some players we would think about targeting. So meaty, as our friend Michael Russo, yes. I would say, uh, podcast coming up. I know we're really excited. So uh, I'm, uh, I got to go and try to make the uh, expansion protected list for we're, yes. so we're consistent when we're drafting. But um, yeah, so that's what you got to look forward to here on Sound of the Foghorn. Uh, basically, we'll take it right to the end of July with a podcast a week with two toward the end of the month. But um before we sign off, Gabe, uh, if you just want to, anything you want to plug, uh, where people can find you and your work and all that stuff. So floor is yours here. All right. I'm never good at the plugs, but I'll try my best. Right. Um, everyone can find me on Twitter at NHL Foley. That's N-H-L-F-O-L-E-Y. I've had a lot of people misspell my last name. I, I didn't think it was difficult, <laughs> but um, at NHL Foley on Twitter. I also write for Recruit Scouting and have done some past work with Puck Preps. Both two awesome uh, prospect websites. If you're looking for some some prospect juice, and if you want to be a trader, you want to deviate from the wild. I do write for St. Louis Game Time, SB Nation, St. Louis Blues website. We have a ton of fun over there. 
we all hate the blues probably as much as you guys do. So <laughs> um, check me out at St. Louis Game Time, recruit scouting, puck preps, or just on Twitter for all of my work at NHL Foley. And we'll have all that linked uh, in the show description as well as on the Twitter, so you'll be able to quickly find uh, all of that. Zeke, uh, where can we find you and your work? Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at uh, ZBWildNationHW, and you can also find me uh, in my written work at HockeyWellness.com. And uh, I quickly just want to say, I think, uh, at least for me, you know, with the, the hate for St. Louis that been there, I think more of the hate was Jake Allen to be honest, yep. for five games oh, in 2017. But we got rid of him, so... Yeah, yeah. Not, really it's not as much anymore. And we always <laughs> bond over our mutual hatred for the Blackhawks, so we have that going for us. There, you go. there we go. <laughs> uh, and Justin, where can we find you in your work? You can find me at DEs2004. You can find me at CapriceFC with the CapriceF Countdown. You can find me at MNW Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you're following the podcast on both Twitter and Instagram at Sound the Foghorn. All one word. So that'll do it for our 2021 NHL Draft Recap. Thanks again to Gabe Foley for joining us and giving his insight. He added a lot more than the three of us could um, as we were too enamored with watching Kaprizov uh, in the Wilds playoff run this year to... Uh, to take much more of a dive into the prospects as we did last year uh, when we were a lottery team. So, uh, But that'll do it for this week. As I mentioned, uh, NHL Expansion Draft Part 1 coming up next week. So stay tuned for that. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Foghorn.